I would like to know how many people are participating in No Shave November and how you feel about it. Personally, <laughs> I'm participating. No, I don't want to share a photo. <laughs> I do this every year and every year I hate myself. It's just so strange to see your face because the rest of the year there's a beard. I will admit, I think I look way better with a beard. I wouldn't say way better. I think I get bumped like one or two points on the scale <laughs> easily. I don't think so. I think you look great. I'm just not used to it, I'm saying. Thankfully, I think my facial hair grows faster now that I'm barely in my 30s. You're going to Denver for a work trip shortly. It needs to grow back so fast. This could not be what people know me as, as a first time meeting. Are you meeting some of these people for the first time? Most everyone going to this conference, yes. I think it's just a nice time of the year. And yeah, it's a, you know, no shave November. You can kind of get into it, but it's a good way to hit the reset button. Just kind of clean slate. It's almost like the New Year's resolution, but for your facial hair. I just realized why you do this. Military, this is when you guys would grow the nastiest mustaches. <laughs> it's so bad. It was so, it was too much. Yeah, so when I was in the military, naturally, unless you don't have a shaving waiver for whatever reason, you can't grow facial hair. You're not allowed to have facial hair, so you have to shave, depending on how fast you grow facial hair, pretty much every day. Well, the one thing you can grow is your mustache. So inevitably, you get some folks that just have the thickest, there's tiny mustaches, but they're so thick. That's really one of the few ways you can express yourself. And even myself, I don't grow that much facial hair. So when I try to grow a quote unquote thick stash, it <laughs> looks terrible. So we've talked about mustaches. One thing I cannot wait to talk about later is naked ankles. Oh, naked ankles is, is not our vibe. Let's jump in and start with Claire and Cameron. We pick up right where we left off with Claire, mom, and dad walking down the aisle. I did think it was sweet and potentially a maths first to see a little wave, a little wave hello from each person. I did enjoy that Cameron hugged dad as he, I don't like to say gave her away, as he walked her to the end of the aisle. And he double, what do you call it when you like hold someone's hand as you shake their hand? I call it a double handshake, but I know that's not right. But he did that to mom. And then a hug for Claire. So like all great already, already touched each other. That's nice. Get that out of the way. I felt like Claire looked relieved. Thoughts? I could see that. I've seen that with other couples I think even though folks are in this for the right intentions, at the end of the day, you do want to be attracted to your partner, especially in this really, really interesting and sometimes awkward experiment. One thing that can just ease your mind is like, okay, yes, I'm attracted to this person. Mentally, I can move on to other things. I can check out their character, who they are as a person, their family. This is the first time I noticed the height difference as well. I didn't notice when she was with the other brides. I didn't notice when she was with her mom or her sisters. But boy, next to Cameron. She mentions that she's five foot flat. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. That's and the she, size of my mother. 
Right. And she's in a, he- <laughs> and she's in a heel and, and arguably he's in a tiny heel as well. I mean, I was always, is Cameron just six feet, but he looks huge because she's five feet tall. No, he's over six. I believe he's about six, three, if I'm remembering correctly. So he's quite tall to anyone. So here's a question. Would you have a problem? Like if you were in their shoes, no pun intended. What are your thoughts? I mean, is height an issue for you? Would you care? Oh my gosh, what a question. That is so hard for someone to answer these days. I am not prejudiced against a guy that's the same height as me. Let me make that clear. That's fine. You can be like an inch shorter. But more than that, I don't know about it. And then anyone like taller than an inch shorter than me is fine. Isn't it wild though that anyone just taller gets the it's fine isn't that crazy like i don't like like that like about myself one inch shorter than me you're on the edge but any height above that at or above sure at or above you're good to go that makes me very shallow i think and i'm sorry and i'm realizing that as i say it no but (laughs) overall it's not too bad because again partners all heights whatever that one inch below you're giving there's a big room, right? You're not saying someone way short is also just not possible. No, I will not say that because what if it's like this amazing friend you make and like slowly things start to develop? I wouldn't dismiss it right off the bat. So maybe I'm a tiny bit better there, but still a jerk for <laughs> everyone. And also everyone's entitled to their preferences. And I think in my own preference, that would be a little too short for me because I'm also right you between are quite like tall. six feet, six one. Well, you're a solid six one. You put on, on a good Jordan or something. You're pushing six two. I think it's just a little much for me. And even some of the moments we saw with them, again, I don't care people's height as far as relationship, it's just my preference. But just things I noticed, for example, on their dance like her hands are basically wrapped around his butt. Oh, I love that she had to put her hands on his shelf. We can explain the shelf later, but that made me so happy to if, see. If we imagine the other couples dancing a little bit closer in height, you know, some women have their hand on the shoulder. There's kind of more options there, which I imagined, okay, what if Claire had her hand on his shoulder? It would actually look really well, she op- it would couldn't look make it there. It would look but that's okay. Also, I'm glad they clarified. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, but it fits in with the height thing. She bluntly asked, did you have a height requirement? And he said, I did, did put preferably no shorter than 5'4". And she's 5'1". But he probably said like it wasn't a deal breaker. It was more of a preference, which I guess is my thing as well. How about you, a taller gal? I have to ask. Oh, as far as what would be my number? Yeah, like, can you date a taller girl? I think my answer is very close to yours, but it's the inverse. I think an inch or so would be fine. You know, even maybe two inches, but I think when it gets more than that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's This is such a tough question. We do have wiggle room. I am curious to hear people's opinions. And anyone who's judging us, I bet you if we should around and ask them... (laughs) You would be close, maybe not close to our answers, but you would have your own window that you're comfortable with. So Claire and Cameron are at the altar 
And then we get to learn a little bit about Cameron. His friends and family say, Behind the tall stature and great head of hair, there is just a tall man and a great head of hair. Once he starts speaking, he is just a tall man with a great head of hair and an accent. You'll find out his accent is probably the coolest part about him. Unless you think biking for hours throughout the mountains is cool. If biking is not your thing, don't worry. You will be surrounded by it all the time. Cameron owns a bike shop and often goes on bike trips with his buddies. Buckle up, life with Cameron will for sure be an adventure. So I get it. He's a cyclist. He's really into that. He seems to have the frame for it, just being tall. Good cyclists are relatively tall. What did you think about him having not too many faces, I guess, to his character? I mean, all they really gave him was that he cycles and that's his whole life, but nothing else. That's always a little bit concerning to me. Not a ton, but that is really all we know. We know where he's from, and we know he likes to bike, and he owns a bike shop. But that's really it. I think we got to put a little bit of blame on the friends who wrote this down, friends or family, or friends and family, Mm -hmm. because you'd think you'd want to describe a little bit more about what type of person they are. Are they caring? Mm -hmm. Are they loving? Uh, Do they support their friends and family? We really got a lot about, yes, his physical features, and then that he likes cycling. I mean, man, from the introduction, it sounds like that's all there is to him. Hair, accent, height, bikes, a little bit a pink flag. Then Claire's family and friends say she is a genuine, compassionate soul who loves with all of her heart. Claire truly has the brightest personality who will always make your day better. But it's not until she starts impersonating you that you know you've made it to her good side. She has a large, outgoing, and overwhelming family. They will open their arms and hearts to you, but not until you have survived the Kerr family roast session. I was lucky that I never got this roasting from your family that I think is in our culture. What is it about roasting? I mean... I think it's more apply the pressure, see how they react, or can they be lighthearted and take a joke? Because if someone gets pissed and starts like throwing a fit or taking it out on their wife or something like that, then you immediately know that person does not need to be married to someone you love. But how would you take that considering this is a person I just met? We don't have, as far as you know, you don't have much in common. You're still getting to know them. You don't even know their last name. And we're already roasting this person. I guess what I'm getting to is maybe we should wait for the roasting until we can develop some type of relationship. I agree with that because then it kind of if you have a roasting, a full blown, not just a little smart ass comment. If you are roasting someone as soon as you meet them, not only do they think you're an asshole, but they're going to not want to build that relationship either. So it's a careful dance. Next, it's time for the vows. Cameron says, I take promises very seriously. I have promises within my vows I intend to keep, even with a stranger. I don't know you, but I'm ready to take this leap of faith, like jumping out of an airplane with a parachute someone else has packed. I vow to share myself and my life with you, except my chocolate. That's mine. I vow to make the space and put in the work for our relationship to grow strong and loving. 
And if all else fails, we can blame it on the experts. Why do I feel like Claire and Cameron definitely have an upcoming scene of them jumping out of a plane? Oh, maybe if they... Okay, I see, I see. If the show kind of does a little flashback to this line, I like it. Cute vowels. I don't always have a ton to say as long as it's like actual vowels. Some people write things that I wouldn't consider vowels. But overall, okay, it's cute. Yeah, I don't have any major issues with his vowels at all. Short and sweet. They got straight to the point. Kind of reflects Cameron's personality. Also, yeah, you can blame it on the experts. Absolutely. Like, in most cases, you shouldn't blame anyone for a failed relationship. But, like, in this case, it's pretty unique. (laughs) I do like that it seemed like Cameron's side, not only himself, but his family and friends, they have a good sense of humor, which I enjoyed, and they weren't shy to represent that in this serious moment now on to claire's vows to my husband firstly thank you for joining me on this wild and unique adventure i have a sense of calm knowing i have you on my team thank you for being brave and taking this next step with me i believe my brother and everyone in heaven have led me here on this day i give my heart to you i promise i will walk with you hand in hand wherever our journey leads us living, learning, and loving together. And Cameron liked these vows. He said they were very sweet. In my head, she was writing this in her house and she looked up and she saw her live, laugh, love sign. And she was like, oh, yep, that's going in. (laughs) Great vows. The beginning was not vows, but that's okay. That's That's okay. But it is the final wedding as far as we know so far. I was curious about this. They made the ending so dramatic last episode. Are they trying to foreshadow that like there's going to be blow ups between this couple? There was so much dramatic music. I don't know. I got that from they really tried that with every couple as far as showing us maybe not the worst moments of the season, Mm -hmm. but their low points. Yeah. And it's so tough because in mass fashion, You can't take everything they're showing you and believe that as fact. No. Some of these things are out of context or people, it's half of their answer and they're trying to clarify something. Maybe they're talking about something that happened in the past. It's never what it seems on maths. That's for sure. I thought it was interesting that they did not have the correct size for Cameron's finger. Oh, that was weird. James Allen, what are you doing? That was weird. Did he give them a wrong answer? No, I'm sure they are the ones that measured. Or do they just ask, hey, what's your ring size? Is it no part one of the, knows what their ring is size is. Is it a part is. of the submission? This is true. What, what they could do is they send you the paperwork and like, hey, this is how you measure your ring size. Grab a rope, a ruler. You could get an app and do it now. No way. Yeah. So if you have the app, you put a ring that fits you well on your screen and you can change the circumference of the circle. Oh, interesting. And that's you'll know your size. Okay. But then you have to have a ring. Sure. So. Yeah, that was a bummer. I mean, it was way off. It didn't even fit over the last knuckle. Mm -mm. Well, I should say the middle knuckle. The first kiss was cute. It was simple, a little bit quicker than others, but there's nothing wrong with that. And then they had a nice long hug, which was very cute. You said that Claire pulled away. She didn't necessarily pull away, but she is the one who ended the kiss. As would I. (laughs) Now, you also mentioned that the other couples didn't have a short kiss. No. 
I don't want to knock Claire too much because it's great. Yeah, you kiss. It's fantastic. Hoping the best for your relationship. But this is somebody you just met. Maybe you're just not comfortable having a very long smoosh with someone. Smoosh. <laughs> smooch with <laughs> yeah, someone you right just one. met. That and also like all the in-laws are there and like grandma and we can't be doing too much. After the ceremony, they're getting to know each other. Did you notice while they were walking out of the venue, he had his hand on her lower back? Mm, Comfy already. She did say that she finds him very adorable. You are married now. We see their wedding photos together. The family's kind of getting to see each other a little bit more up close. And then we get the first dance at the reception. This is where they officially talk about height. And Cameron clarifies, like, while he did say no one shorter than 5'4", he just meant that, like, logistically, but that in no way affects the attractiveness. He's very attracted to her, it seems. He keeps mentioning things like adorable and stuff like that. So no problem there. Yeah, in the preview, we didn't get any mention of it. And I hope it's not, I hope it's a non-issue for the rest of the season and for their time as as a couple. Yeah, like of all things, height is not a determinant of basically anything that truly matters. During dinner, they talk about biking, working out, and how they are as individuals and how that will make up their relationship. They talk about how that they like don't want to become each other. They are individuals and they are going to remain individuals. And boy, do I have news for you. You will become your partner. You guys will become the same person. You know thoughts before they say them. I joke with Leon all the time. We share one tiny brain. He didn't even have to tell me anything last night. And I was like, I'm craving chicken wings. And he was like, yep, that's the one. Wasn't it interesting that some couples, for example, I believe it's Becca and Austin. In their case, they, ha- they share so much. I mean, even mm-hmm. their personalities, what they're into. And they like that. I guess they they wanted that in a partner. Yeah. Whereas Claire and Cameron, it's like, yes, we're a couple, but we're also our own person and we have our own hobbies. We don't have to be exactly the same. They both very pride themselves on their individuality. Claire also talks about how she used to be with a lot of unstable guys that would cling on to her. And Cameron, it came out kind of wrong, but I get what he meant when he said, yeah, you seem like it. What does that mean? I couldn't tell if he meant, did he mean attractive women attract buttholes? Or did he mean that you look like someone that is a healer? That, like, you're very caring, and so people that need that tend to go to you. Honestly, it's probably a mix of both. And he also clarifies, like, I hope that that didn't come out wrong yeah we see speeches kate cutting and then we get cameron talking to claire's sisters the sisters are already impersonating cameron as soon as he said oh mom's over the moon like mom loves me they how do they call it like dust off his shoulder he was what do you think of his strategy? Was it too confident? He, th- he said, I'm going to go in here and there's not going to be a doubt in my mind and I'm going to tell them how much your, their mom already loves me. Was it too much? I think we are seeing one of the first views of Cameron's personality. I don't know if I would approach it this way. Humble all the way. 
I have to read other people. I can't give them much to work with. And he gave them way too much. I guess, again, just different personalities. Like, for example, I wouldn't just to outwardly tell someone that I've achieved, you know, everything I've ever wanted to do, like academically, I've achieved, whatever it may be, something like that. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't say that so brashfully. I would just, I would sort of, I wouldn't even want to talk about it. I would just ask them like about them. I want to get to know you. Like, who are you? Who are you to Claire? What do you guys like to do? Mm-hmm. And yes, they could always just say like, oh, you know, it's not about us, it's about you. I'm like, I would just take their questions and try to answer them, but I wouldn't just be cocky about it. Don't be cocky about it, but I could see your way also blowing up a little bit because they're like, why won't this guy tell us anything about himself? What is he trying to hide? So you got to be somewhere in the middle. That is interesting how that could be taken like that when in reality, I just want to have a conversation. Yeah, but when they're there to judge you. I guess it could be looked at as deflection. Yeah, you got to be careful. Then Claire and Cameron go meet with Claire's grandma, Gigi. Cameron had a great save. Gigi said, oh, I see you guys are coming to see the oldest person in the room. And Cameron says, no, 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 the wisest. Gigi has some advice. She says, don't argue. Cut that out. Don't one up each other. It's better to walk away. Nobody's perfect. Instead of saying what they do wrong, Think of what they do right. Don't expect too much too fast. All solid, great advice. Extremely difficult in practice. (laughs) But she's very sweet. And I really liked the advice. When Claire and Cameron are leaving the venue, they are taken out on a bike cart. Very fitting for a bike owner. During this, Cameron is expecting all that he is excited for and all they will experience together. And then I noticed that they didn't get any confetti or anything on the way to the car, which are they like, nope, the budget was spent on the bike. You're walking out to the car, nothing else. I wonder if the spouses, I guess, do they request how they want to exit? Is that a part of the process or is production really the ones driving that whole thing as far as what's going to go on? At the exit stage. I wonder if you have like three to choose from and that's it. I would imagine also, again, weddings, there's so much going on. It's so hard to plan. Realistically, they might have just forgotten. Like there's so much going on that they just either, you know, that production person didn't have time to just run over the box and hand things out to people like poppers and get ready for this exit uh, shot. Moving on to Lauren and Orion. I hated the preview. Oh, I know. I know. And but I don't believe it because it's maths and the editing is notoriously awful. So I'm not buying it at all. Uh, For those listening, if you're unaware in the preview, they do show Lauren and Orion. What looks like going through some tough moments, multiple serious talks. Now, if you recall, when we did our initial picks on who we think is going to make it, I mean, I said Lauren and Orion because they sold me on their initial impressions and and how happy they looked they needed to be the couple like if i think i call i didn't say if any couple's going to save this season or anything like that but all of my eggs were basically in this basket oh yeah they're my favorite they're who i have already clung to this season and the way that preview rolled i'm like there's no way like did i just get bamboozled We got bamboozled by the preview because I'll never believe a Mavs preview again. For sure. And it being Mavs, 
this could be just, I hope it's taken so out of context and they're just fine, but we shall see. We see Lauren and Orion at the sweetheart table. Lauren asks what his first impression was, and he said, floored. I thought you were beautiful. We see them at their first dance. They're kind of figuring out where to put their hands. And Orion says he knows how to dance. His mom was a Zumba instructor. <laughs> That's a very specific dance. <laughs> My first thought was Zumba's not slow dancing. No, it's very. I, we're just there to work out. That's my only thought of Zumba. But he does reveal he is also a grass dancer, so he does have experience in multiple fields. Orion asks Lauren what her first impression was of him. He said, fuck boy, and laughs. Not at all. Orion's not giving that off to me at all. I don't think Lauren has ever described anyone as a fuckboy. Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. Just or I just don't think you would ever describe Orion as that, especially at the end of the altar. Like first impression, no way. No, and self-describing yourself or thinking that that could be an option. I oh oh okay, sir. You've already forgot the bachelor party. Well, sir, I don't make me repeat it. Man, isn't that wild? Because <laughs> Orion, when I'm looking at him, just a just a kind, sweet gentleman. Because you're currently looking at a photo of him on the wedding day. Right. But then, yes, bachelor party, girth issues. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It makes so sense. He tracks. revealed tracks. a little of himself there. Lauren says she was at ease when she saw him and he she was happy that he was tall. Lauren reveals that she has never dated outside of her race before. And Orion has never dated inside of his race before. In her interview, Lauren says, I asked God for a person that I can slow dance in the kitchen with while we cook. Having that slow dance together made me realize it will probably be an awkward slow dance in the kitchen, but I'm glad we had that moment because I asked for it. For real. Thankfully, slow dancing is not a hard dance to learn and get right, so I think they have a lot of great moments together in the future. They just need a little more hips going on. That's it. They're fine. Back at the sweetheart table, Orion thanks Lauren for making this a great experience, and they both agree it's been fun. She opens up about her mom and how she was the closest with her of anyone in the room, that she was super supportive, and that while her relationship is good with her dad, it's very much so the opposite of being just supportive no matter what. This is where Orion kind of dropped a bomb, though. I didn't see it coming. This is not the impression I got. Orion says that he's finishing classes to be a real estate broker and an independent contractor in the, on the construction side of things and that he still lives at home. Lauren took this so, so much better than I did as me, myself sitting on the couch. Now, not a big deal if you live with your parents. There's a lot of situations where it's beneficial. For one, are you taking care of your, your elderly parents if they are elderly? Are you saving up money? Are they helping you with living expenses as far as you want to buy a home and the cost of rent doesn't really, it doesn't really allow you to stock up a bunch of money in the bank for the inevitable deposit, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of avenues of like why you would live with your parents or, Hey, Mm -hmm. just life happens. My company structured, you know, just 
fired a bunch of people and it was super tight. So I decided to live with my parents to essentially not be homeless. There's, there's situations where I just don't think it's a problem at all. And even now I think folks are living with their parents longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And even depending on cultures, it's a total normal thing to just live with your parents. I fully support multi-generational housing. I think you can learn so much by having different generations under one roof. My grandfather lived with my parents and I feel like that really does shape who you are and you learn so much from the older generation. Lauren even mentions that her younger sister recently moved out and tried to give her the advice that like don't be shy to just live there longer. Like you mm-hmm. should really just stay there longer cuz as an adult, right? What's waiting for you? It's it just bills. Yeah. I think there's so many valid reasons to stay home. And I mean, I don't think any of them are wrong. And but here's where my reaction came from. Is someone signing up for married at first sight? Are they in a place where they should be getting married? And in a traditional U.S. household, that means, you know, your own place, you're starting your family. Does that contradict? I guess you're thinking of, are you in the right moment? To have someone come into your life. Yes. Is it too much, I guess, fluidity in that moment? Is there too much in motion? Is it stable enough? It's hard to say. That's tough. I mean, depending on your situation, you might need that person to now make it stable. Yeah. I'm just thinking out loud. For example, let's say I'm, I have a good job. Maybe we live in a relatively expensive city. I mean, it seems like any city, right? Major city is going to be just expensive in general. But have a good job. Maybe it's a new job, so you're not in the upper tier. You're making ends meet. You're doing good. You're paying your bills. But maybe it's just not enough to either get that apartment you want or afford a home or to get a loan. But now having a partner, now you are right there. And that is the moment where you can have your own place, get a home, Devil's advocate because we're both always going to do this. Sure. So, yes, you're in a new, well, in a big city. You don't make quite enough to live on your own, but you're getting married. Like, where does your focus go then? Are you grinding? Are you making it work? Are you, you know, is that where your focus is? Or are you trying to make this relationship work and give that person the attention they need? And... I don't know, figure out life with someone because living together is very different than just two separate households. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm being real negative, but I'm just saying like it really depends. It is interesting that we have these dynamics on this show because you would imagine and we get that a little bit like Lauren's an example of this where some of the folks that go on the show say, I am the best person I've ever been. I am financially secure. I have a great job. So you see what I'm getting at is like some folks are, they're 100% ready for someone to come into their life. Where from our perspective, some folks are thinking, are you ready? Like for example, we had, and I can't remember her name, or she was living out of her car. That was never confirmed, but oh, okay, okay, I, okay. I do love that storyline. She couldn't take you anywhere. Not living out of her car, but definitely had like recently moved out of her spot, put everything in storage. Yes, and was like, yes. Just didn't have just didn't have rent at the moment, right? To someone like Becca, who's never been in a relationship, or excuse me, I'm sorry, that was Emily, mm-hmm. who's never been in, a, been in a relationship. And you're thinking, wow, are you ready for a marriage? That is totally different than even 
even just dating someone, mm-hmm. even just long-term dating. So it's interesting how all walks of life and everyone at different stages is seeking marriage. That's something that everyone always wants, no matter where they are in life. Isn't that interesting? Devil's advocate. <laughs> sure. Sure. I think a lot of people just want to find a companion. I don't think that has to lead to marriage. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's tough because I think just the way we've defined that type of partnership, it just leads to marriage versus... And we are discussing marriage, so I guess we can't go all the other avenues (laughs) as badly as I want to. (laughs) Now, this is a moment I wasn't comfortable with when Lauren asks, you know, that's totally fine if, depending on the state, like, what are you doing with that situation? For example, are you saving up money, you know, just for whatever? And Orion says, mm-hmm. Yeah. And they qu- quickly move on. <laughs> is it editing? Because, you know, we always have to make it more dramatic than it actually is. Or is it... No, I need to stop saying that because we started doing this last season. Do you remember when we said, no, we can't assume everything's editing. We have to judge on what we see. Sorry, I remember this conversation last season now because we started doing this. The only thing we can't is the previews because those are a fucking lie. (laughs) That's the only one we're allowed to. Besides that, yeah, we got to take it as what they showed us. Okay, you're totally right because we we had this conversation before. So his reaction is, "Mm mm-hmm. My reaction is, you're hiding it. I'd be like, no, I need you to break down. Like, what have you been doing living at your mom's? Or, I mean, you could, your answer could have been like, almost all of my funds have been going towards school. Yeah, that's like, true. That's totally valid. Orion breathes a sigh of relief and says, oh man, you're putting me at ease. And then I think of the preview and I'm like, no, this is my couple. Every season I root for someone like extra. Don't fail me. What was interesting about Lauren is the way she described who she asked for as far as someone who could, I mean, she mentions like Orion can cook and he's a handy and he Mm -hmm. can fix things. And she never really mentions that she needs someone to financially support her. No, I think she's doing fine. She has a federal job. Like she's good. But then I wonder, could this be a thing where depending on how they answered and how the pros or excuse me, the experts dissect the information. Did they see something where Orion would be like a stay-at-home partner and then Lauren's the one being, fin- you know, the financial support? I don't think so because if I remember in her very first episode where we got to know her, I could have sworn that she kind of described more traditional roles a big strong man. She wants to feel very safe, very not necessarily taken care of, but safe was her big thing. Mm -hmm. She didn't explicitly say it, but does that translate into like traditionally the man making more? That is possible. I just noted that in her breakdown, she never mentioned finances and Mm -hmm. really no one, no one has up to this point. That's a good point. Yeah. No one has. There was no expectation on that. Although in some ways, do you think if you were, let's say you're filling out your criteria Mm -hmm. and maybe the experts say, hey, only so many things on here can be like hard stops. Like, yeah, I'm anti-SEMA. I know we get 70%. Now, if you put finances as one of them and gave them a range, 
is there a point to bring it up? Because you said, no, they have to make between this much or it is a hard no. So if obviously if you got mashed up, you're like, well, they obviously met the criteria. So what's the point of bringing it up? I don't think you get to choose your 70%. I think they do it for you. I don't think they listen to deal breakers at all. From what we've seen. True. True. 100% no bald men. Bam. Everyone's bald. That's fair. So I don't think you have a choice. And that's the gamble. These experts are supposed to know you better than you know yourself, apparently. Again, it's where we live in. Finances are important. I, I do not, not so much enjoy because sometimes it could be a bad conversation, but I do enjoy when the couple start to get into more serious conversations like finances because, or for example, children. I think that leads to really interesting conversations between the couples. So I'm excited when we get to those episodes. And conversely, I hate them because the relationship is over. Like they're not compatible. One wants kids, one doesn't. And then you're like, why did the experts put them together? Why would you do that? That's an 100% deal breaker. You're not looking around that. Do you remember Jose and Rachel? When he broke out that whiteboard, I knew it wasn't going to work at that moment. We see speeches and Lauren's friend trying to say Orion, but kept calling him Orin. (laughs) I do like that she corrected him like immediately. I wanted to troll and be like, when have you met an Orin? (laughs) It's an older name, a classic name. Oh, yes. Shout out to Lauren. She corrected that quickly. Yes. Traditional drums were brought in and they did a kind of group dance together. Like everyone, both sides, all families, everyone. Then we have Lauren speaking to Orion's friends. We learn that his nickname is literally Onion because he has lots of layers. I'm not close to anyone for them to be giving me a nickname like that. I don't know if I would ever accept being nicknamed a vegetable. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. Onion. Interesting. They kind of talk about red flags, any concerns that they have. And Lauren says that she needs too much validation. That is one of her red flags. Orion's sister did have good advice, though. She said, voice when you need validation. And gosh, wouldn't that solve like majority of arguments if you could just be like, okay, no, this is what I need right now. Yeah, so many arguments or breakdowns stem from lack of communication or someone taking something but understanding it or translating it the wrong mm-hmm. way. Unspoken expectations. Unspoken expectations. Like it's is all huge. just like assumptions. Then you get you in a lot of trouble. Although it's interesting because Lauren I mean again self-defined herself as like I am my best self. I have mm-hmm. worked on X, Y, and Z. To me, it was interesting that someone seems so confident in where they are in life, but needs to her own, you know, to her own words, needs a lot of validation. It'd almost be like the world champion sprinter who just won the gold medal being like, I need people to tell me I'm the best. I'm like, you literally just won the gold medal. What are you talking about? You are the best. You will always find more faults in yourself. And also like, just because you feel you've mastered one area of your life, I feel like you're always going to have something that you may not be like as confident in or really do need that validation. God, I feel so combative today. Sorry. Like I'm, You'd say one thing and then I'm like, but the opposite. <laughs> no, no. And I, I love it because our pod, we don't mind having an alternate opinion because as listeners, you, you're not going to have the same opinion we do. And that's totally cool. Like 
people have reached out and be like, oh, I thought this or I thought Mm -hmm. that. That's totally fine because everyone has such a different perspective and even a different background that's defined, you know, their values, their way of thinking. So even the way you view this show translates like that message translates differently to different people. That's very true. And also your own experiences. Exactly. And the fact that Ellie and I, even when we have counterpoints, I like that because the folks listening or, you know, our fans and, and you know, followers, thank you. You can connect hopefully with either one of our opinions or, or maybe none. And that's totally fine too. But I like that we counter each other's points because even within ourselves, and this is just how we treat life in general when we're just hanging out, we can get another perspective like, okay, I can see how somebody would see it that way. Mm-hmm. So having an alternate opinion, I think is great. Cause again, if we had the exact same opinion and we just said, yeah, me too. Yep. Agree. <laughs> that's true. Yep, like, I that's, guess it wouldn't be that interesting. That's super stale. Now, one of my favorite parts of this episode, and I could see it either way. Like who's out of pocket here. It could be dad. It could be all Ryan. I don't know. But the first meeting was tense. That's all. That's the only word I can think to describe it. It was tense. At the very beginning, I thought this was going to be word for word. What are your intentions with my daughter? That's that's what I thought it was going to be. We were basically there with a lot more words. And no, you're wrong. That's not the right intention. So I was really confused at the beginning of this conversation. We talk about how he's in the electrical trade. He has been for the past seven to eight years. He is licensed for real estate in New York and the electrical licenses in New York as well. Where does New York come in? I swear I, we have not heard anything about New York. This is where Maps has definitely bamboozled us because why have we not found out at all anything from Orion being from New York or living in New York or moving to Denver? How recent did he come back if that license has been the last seven to eight years. Did he just come for the show? Because I'm not doing a Mac 2. I'm not. And this was supposed to be my golden couple. I have a feeling that, and not so much production. I mean, maybe they just didn't want to mention it because they wanted to give Orion a clean slate or a clean starting point. That's true, because look at me now. I'm immediately like, is this Mac? Look at how you feel about (laughs) Mac. I mean, come on. I think that's so important. And it is a little bit worrisome because, yeah, did you just move to be on the show? Have you been here or not? I mean, have you been here for a year and you've been going to school? I mean, yeah, it's cool that you're licensed, but the negative about those being valid in New York is that, dude, you're in Denver now and they're clearly not valid here. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't legally work in these professions in Denver. So what I'm hearing is you moved to Denver, you moved in with mom and you haven't worked since. Not getting a warm feeling about that. No, there's a lot of logistics that are just not adding up. He also was very like happy to say Colorado will not be his permanent place of residence and that he while he does want a house in Colorado, he loves the East Coast and he just loves to get up and go. At one point, he mentions that he wants multiple houses. Yeah. And okay, I'm putting myself in Lauren's dad's shoes. I'd be like, dude. Pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. You don't even have the first house. You're already thinking about the second house. And I get you, man. You might want to dream big, have big goals. But I need a plan laid out mm-hmm. for how you're going to get there. Because right now, these are just dreams. I know for a fact 
that dad had to have questioned him on the New York connection and what he's doing here. And like this man with how detailed he was in his questions and his critiques, you know, they cut it out. Question side tangent here, the way Lauren's dad questioned Orion. And we already know that Lauren works has a federal job. Mm -hmm. Was her pops a, a veteran? I need to find out. Oh, maybe I need to find out because uh, Denver in itself and Colorado Springs, just a lot of military mm -hmm. there, a lot of military bases. I was just curious if is this Air Force Academy as well? Yeah, yes. yeah. It, it kind of he kind of gave me military dad vibes. Oh, probably he. Oh, gosh. Now that you said it, that's all I can think of. You're totally right. Dad says that marriage is based on both people's likes and dislikes. He says. What I don't hear is you mentioning that Lauren will be involved in any of that process. This is where Orion was mentioning what his plans were as far as traveling and not making this permanent residence. I didn't knock Orion too much on this because you lived your whole life describing yourself or your plans, your actions about yourself, and you just got married. It's probably not your initial instinct to talk about what you're going to do in the future as a pair, as a unit. I definitely give grace for that too, because I mean, you've been married for two whole hours. You have known her for two whole hours. Like it's not, I think that's an interesting transition to make, but I think you gotta be really careful because that first impression is really important. So only talking about yourself and not like family plans, including their daughter might not be the greatest impression, but I, I, Totally agree. I think it was just a slip of the mind of like, yeah, you want to know about me. These are my plans. Yeah. As to well, where dad was not taking it that way. He was like, what's your plans with my daughter? Here's something too. I mean, you got to remember, sir, you're unmarried at first sight. You just married someone. So wouldn't some of your biggest goals and aspirations be living together as a couple, a married couple, mm -hmm. um, having that conversation about children? All these things you've hopefully planned or wanted to do with your future forever person. Do you think you would you would mention some of those? Yeah. Maybe he was just really nervous. Or I making don't know. memories, traveling together. You know, I would imagine you some gotta of those, frame it, right? Like some of those things would be on my mind, right? If you're going through this entire process. Yeah, we keep saying, like, oh, I totally get it because you've been married for two hours, but at the same time, like, but you are married and you should think of the other person, right? Well, you've been God, going I can through see this, it both ways. And you've been going through this process for months. Yeah. Or envisioning what it would be like, dreaming about the future. You'd think some of these things would be in the back of your mind when you're answering this question. And then Orion kind of digs himself in a little deeper. I didn't like this next part very much. It made me kind of take a double take. And boy, my reaction was dad's reactions too. Orion says, I grew up in a matriarchy. A woman ran the house. I never dated in my own culture because I didn't like to be bossed around. And dad said, run that back. What? Orion explains that he wants mutual respect. Not a fan. And it's not a fan that he doesn't like to be bossed around. It's just, it's just not a good way to frame what I think you mean, but I shouldn't have to try to make assumptions or fill in the blanks of what I think you mean. Like, if you feel that strongly about it, you should be pretty clear about it. And if, if that's what it is, that's kind of crummy. Or does that fit into, like, Lauren saying she wanted a strong man? That's tough. It's interesting because I would imagine 
out of Ryan's mom's house. She, you know, she runs the spot, but he also volunteered to move in there or back in. I was in. just going to say that. I was like, but you, ch- you're the one that came to live with her. Right. So that kind of, his whole answer kind of throws me off. And I don't know what to take of it. Like, I keep trying to find, like, a devil's advocate. And I'm like, yeah, that's so hard. He was, like, very clear in what he said. Also, it contradicts exactly what he said at the altar. Was it at the altar right before he walked down? Where he said, like, he grew up in a matriarchy. He loves strong women. That's what his culture's all about. And I'm like, it's really a different tune now. I think it's, like, safe distance. Love strong women but don't want to get bossed around all the time. <laughs> don't marry him. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. At the end of the conversation, Orion says, I still want your approval. And Lauren's dad says, we'll see. We'll wait. We'll see. He continues on and says, anything I ask of you doesn't matter. You're already married. You don't need my approval. One thing to note, Lauren's dad seems like a tough character. He does. There was not a smile on that man's face. I don't think the entire time. All things considered, I think Ryan, excuse me, Orion did okay. And I would buckle. I think I would (laughs) buckle in his position. With your confidence now or when we first started dating? Because those are two different people. Somewhere in the middle. Okay. So like started dating, that's not fair. That's like. No, that's not fair. You were a baby. That's like super young Leon. That's not (laughs) even. No, not cool. I think it would just be tough, but yeah, it's hard to see that because I feel like I would be more prepared and have more of a plan. I think I would have more like marriage talk plans. And what do parents at the end of the day, what do they want to hear? Their child's going to be safe. Mm -hmm. They want to love this person. They want to make memories with them. I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day, right? Yeah. My child's safe. They're protected and they are with someone who loves them. Like that's it. Like, Nothing else matters. If for some reason our child was on Married at First Sight season 35, we would have our little interview and at the end of it, I would slide a piece of paper gently and quietly across the table and say, I need your full name, date of birth, and the last four of your social security. Oh, we don't even need all that. I really just need your full name and birthday even. We really just need like full name. Yeah, because I don't know who you are. You have an extensive criminal record. I'm not trusting this production company to say my daughter or my son is in good hands. Oh, you want to check like credit reports. You everything. Wanna, everything. Yeah. While Lauren and Orion are talking with their little friend groups apart from each other, Orion talks about how smitten he is by Lauren. And Lauren talks about how she's getting mom energy, about how she already feels like this is her security blanket. Orion tells his friends that he doesn't really want to do the deed on the first night. Um, but if she starts it, then he's going to have a really hard time, dot, dot, dot. Then he just said, fine, (laughs) and starts laughing. What does that mean? He's, he's going in. That's how I took it. Oh, gotcha. I'm, yeah, I'm in sync now. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Got it. The mom energy thing threw me off, but I get it. It's security blanket. Yes. It's feels like home. There's confetti being thrown as they go to the car. Lauren says they were meant to meet and that she's going to cry. Oh, my golden couple. That pre just kind of kind of ruined it for me. I know. I know. So hopeful now. So it's always in the back of my head. Like, when is this going to go downhill? Could you tell if some of this was going down in the honeymoon or was it after? 
Gosh, was this on the honeymoon? There were so many serious talks. I could put it anywhere. Was it honeymoon? Was it in the apartment? Was it at the retreat? Like, who knows? There was multiple kind of awful seeming conversations. I can't wait. Just let me live in my bubble a little longer. And on to two people who married themselves, Austin and Becca. I have to point out that mom, Austin's mom, looks so much happier in this episode. And maybe she just got a bad edit. I'm willing to give her grace because she like actually seemed happy this episode. And in scenes where they couldn't like cut it weird, like the group scenes, she was smiling the whole time. So probably just got a bad edit. That or I think mom just got comfortable with Becca. Maybe that's what it is. What was going on and how serious everyone was taking it. I think that put her at ease. I thought it was funny when Becca like low key started directing the photos. Hey, that's her life. I don't blame her. She probably has like some fun ideas for her own wedding. I don't mind it. I mean, this is your wedding. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get what you want. I appreciated Becca going in for the multiple makeouts, you know, all for the sake of the photos. Becca is definitely more comfortable than Austin at this point. She is, but I, I sense that she's doing the cute thing where you kind of get your partner out of their shell. Like, it doesn't seem against his will. I think so as well. I just think it would be tough to do this with someone I had just met. Make out in front of your parents? I mean, multiple times. <laughs> just personally. You know, per- Becca's yeah. got her own energy. Just personally, it would, be, it would be hard for me to break out of my shell this much, which is probably why Austin would need someone like a Becca to do that, help him along in that process. That's true. Becca has been married for two hours and she already has solid marriage advice. Make out often, make out often, and think your husband is hot. Great primo beginner advice. At the sweetheart table, she's talking about her dress and how she isn't really happy about how it fits. And Austin didn't even really talk. He was just kind of staring. So we, we got it. We, he's satisfied with the fit. He was indirectly saying the dress looks incredible. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so Becca brought up a really good thing that I've never thought of before. How odd would it be to meet someone, get married them, and never see them in their own clothing? Well, at least for the first day. Like, you meet them in the most beautiful tailored suit. I don't think anyone's ever asked this question. No, what do you wear? That is so smart. I would have never thought of that. But I think it's important. Austin's response was, it was a perfect way to describe your sense of style without showing someone any images. He said, I dress like a skater who doesn't skate. Yeah, perfect. Like, I, I know what it is. It's like, got it. Some some nice khakis, like some van shoes, a nice t-shirt, and a hat. Yeah. Like, oh, the hat like, will never be gone from this moment like, on. Okay, got it. Becca essentially was like, yeah, same. A little more feminine touches, but yep. Oh, I think Becca is probably probably condensing her style a little much. I would imagine she has a lot more range than just... I dress up as a more feminine skater. Yeah, she, I mean, when we were talking to her, she had a lot of like different textures and like big fuzzy jackets. And yeah, there's more. We have Austin talking with the bridesmaids. 
And her friends said that communication is number one and being direct is important. They warn that sometimes Becca forgets that people need a positive approach. They also talk about how sex positive she is and she's not traditional. Becca is then talking to Austin's roommate. He says that Austin loves to start projects but not finish them. But he does always take out the trash and recycling, so he has that going for him. Overall, no major red flags. I thought the friends and them being Austin and Becca spoke very well. Nothing's too awful. I think early on, even ourselves, we wondered, I mean, is that going to be a big a big point of controversy as far as, wow, Austin lives with a female. Is that going to be mm-hmm. an issue? And you're marrying someone. And Becca and Austin's roommate handled this. It was totally chill. Like, yeah. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. You'll be losing them. And, you know, I'm kind of insinuating like I have to move out. Well, then she's like, I have to take the trash out now. <laughs> right. I think they had a really good dynamic. And Becca doesn't strike me as someone that even cared or even would be jealous about that. No, same. We see a scene of them dancing the night away and Austin backing it up on Becca. Again, they have good chemistry. They seem to be vibing. I think they're going to have a great time. I'm sure their honeymoon time is going to be incredible. But I mean, even if a couple hasn't had any issues in the whole maths experiment, which is very rare, inevitably, something has to come up always yeah austin said they're gonna play n64 and talk all night and becca wants to cuddle but is not ready for more yet now the wild card couple that i cannot predict emily and brennan as they're walking to the reception area he asked how she felt about his naked ankles (laughs) and boy we, we do sync up on this opinion quick. I don't. I just want ankles covered. I don't know why. I think in a formal setting, I just need there to be a sock or pants just a hair longer. I'm curious on your thoughts here. because this, this is how my brain thinks. Do you think it makes it more odd considering this wedding is taking place in a winter time frame? It's not very wintry. It's very spring summery shoe, like a loafer. It doesn't make sense. I know your ankles are cold. They're literally red. You guys have actual jackets on outside. Yeah. The ankles want to be covered. Okay. One more story time. Sure. We used to be in a lot of sneakerhead groups. I met a lot of them, became friends with them through the years. My favorite thing to do is when they would post a new sneaker pick and they're wearing low socks or no socks or no show socks. I would just be like, nice ankles. When I got into quote-unquote runners because there's like this whole like basketball culture and some people are into Jordan some people are into basketball shoes in general some people are into more pop culture-ish things and then some folks are into runners like for example New Balances Mm. and this isn't like what people imagine with New Balances is like the dad shoe like no these are like the super sleek like old school like New Balance shoes but I noticed that specific subculture of the sneaker culture, they love taking like pin roll pants, ankles showing, <laughs> no show or low cut socks with their new balance runners or whatever type of runner they're wearing. And Ellie loved just mentally making fun of that <laughs> shot or 
the people I were close, I was closest to, I would actually like that. So what would my comment would be like on their sneakerhead posts? I'm sure it made I gotta them really blush. love you to make fun. I'm of sure you it like made that. them blush or made them uncomfortable. <laughs> like, damn it! But you're right. This is this is going to be a hard couple to read mm-hmm. as I'm getting to know them more and more. I think down the road, Brennan is not going to be into Emily, and I would imagine it's tough for me to see you never being in a. I mean, we're talking even like a month long relationship, like. Mm-hmm. Any any kind of sizable time frame, and we talk about this all the time, like with sister wives. I mean, if you're losing relations with your entire family, like is your family the problem or are you the problem? And I'm getting those vibes with Emily. Like, were all those guys the problem or all those partners? Or is some of it on you? And I'm curious to find out more of who she is as a person or her characteristics or just her character in general of what makes Emily, Emily and how it might've or might not have worked in a relationship. It's so hard to tell. And especially with them, your partner on these types of shows and getting married at first sight, they're either going to bring out the best in you and you're going to be more patient and kind and listen and be there for your partner, or you're going to bring out the worst in each other. And I'm really worried it's going to be that one. At the sweetheart table, we see Emily say, I feel like we should do a toast, but I need a drink. Do you think the amount of alcohol consumption is going to be an issue? Brennan actually mentions that he's not the biggest drinker. I don't give him much grace. And he is so full of crap because he had so many questions about like, oh, the strippers, what'd you do? How was it? And all this stuff. And she was very honest and open. She wasn't trying to hide anything. He he was kind of judging a little bit. That's what I took. And I was like, sir, those ladies legs wrapped around you. Do not shame her. He's like, oh, you took a body shot off the stripper. (laughs) Sir. Oh, I would never. (laughs) So my favorite thing to do every season, which I can already do it. I didn't even realize I could start this early this season is when everyone's like, no, I'm not that way. Oh, I don't. I take a long time to kiss or something like that. I always like to make a meme of them at their bachelor party or bachelorette party. Yeah, it's going to be good. So, I mean, we can already do that here. He keeps trying to act like he was in Austin. He definitely was not. True. But, I mean, Emily was on another level. (laughs) Nobody was on Emily's level at the Bachelor Bachelorette parties. That's very true. Nobody. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever seen somebody in a handstand well, trying to twerk. I don't know if it was a successful handstand. Like no, at most, it was like it, parallel to the it ground. It wasn't, but <laughs> we've never even seen somebody attempt that. No, I don't think so. At the end of this conversation about talking about their age and what kind of cars they drive and Emily admitting she's a terrible driver, Emily says that she wants another glass of wine and Brennan says he'll go with her. So... We're bringing it up again, which honestly, they could have. Oh, I just said we weren't going to talk about the edit, but I, just real fast. One last time. Sure. They could totally she could be drinking the exact same amount of it as anyone else, but they keep all of her sound bites in. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, they could be laying the groundwork for a storyline. They could. 
I, I mean, that's what I'm assuming is happening here. Like, honeymoon, I think we're going to get a little messy. You know that, like, all honeymoon activities come with, like, an open bar or tequila tasting for four hours straight or, you know. It's always very alcohol-centered. We find out that Emily has gone as a bride for Halloween three times. I don't read too much into that because I'm almost always a witch, a different types of witches or different witches' outfits. Maybe that's just her go-to costume. The only thing I'm curious about is, are you wearing an outfit jokingly? Like, is this just like a, a whatever costume? Or are you like legitimately investing in this dress? And we need to pump, maybe pump the brakes there. I wish they like had photos of photos it. Photos would have been amazing. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said, Ellie, like you're a witch every year. Like who cares? It's just a variation yeah. of a witch. Exactly. Like that's cool. Brennan went right for her garter. Not at all intimidated or embarrassed. Didn't really get a sexy dance though. Did I block it out? Not leading up to the. He just dove straight in. He right. dove right in. Right. Why were all throws of whatever material like super short? Well, they don't fly very far. They're pretty, they're not very aerodynamic. And I mean, whether those a garter or like the flowers, like I feel like the person right in the front caught it. Well, you'll, you only do that once or twice in your what life. What I'm trying to so. say is we need some more umph. Like we need to give more people a chance to catch this stuff. What do you mean? Like throw it back. Well, we're chucking it. I mean, chuck it. <laughs> Don't just float it in like the first it, person. If it's supposed to get to that first person, it's supposed to get to the first person. We have Brennan meeting with Emily's bridesmaids. He talks about his last relationship, how he got close, but it was not quite right. And that was two years ago. He's not nervous that Emily had not been in a relationship before. He's more curious than anything. Her bridesmaids confirm they have met Emily's little friends, but there hasn't been anyone worth her time. Their advice to Brennan was, be patient with her. She lives by a short fuse, and she is also so independent she hasn't had to consider other people. Pink flags. It's, it's so tough to gauge because... It's just such a long time. I mean, who knows? Maybe if mentally you're just not thinking that I'm looking for a long-term partner, it just leads to not having a long-term partner. It's just so hard to conceptualize that that's possible because so many people are seeking a partner, right? Whether it's these dating apps or whatever might have you. I do hope it works out for everyone, but it's just tough. I would find it tough if I was in Brennan's place. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to Emily talking to Brennan's groomsmen. Their immediate first question is, what do you mean by first relationship? She's very open. She says, I've never had a serious boyfriend. I've hooked up with people, but I haven't had a real relationship. I've had 29 years to work on myself and it's made me ready for this. Their follow-up question was, what has stopped you? She says, I deserve better. If I wanted to, I could probably get a boyfriend, but I chose myself. I think that I'm ready to trust myself. It could be that Emily's expectations are very, very high. And the folks she's met just don't meet those expectations. It's very true. And I mean, she could be attracting just really not great guys. Like guys she's like doesn't want to be in a relationship with. The groomsmen tell Emily... The biggest thing for Brennan is communication. Previous relationship ended due to communication styles not matching up. Wise words. 
Though I am a little bit concerned because the bridesmaid said she has a short fuse. So I'm like, eh, hopefully that doesn't get in the way. I don't want some more detail. Like, why? Like, what about your 29 years of working on yourself has led to a short fuse? Mm, yeah. Like, should you have a short fuse if it was like you were really working on yourself? Like, things happen in everyone's life or even in our lives and we're not mm. popping off in like a short fuse, like at yeah. anything that comes up. Like, what brought you to that point? So much so that people know that's a quality about you. And like even from Brennan's side, does that mean he has to be comfortable dealing with her short fuses? Because is that fair to Brennan? It's not, but gosh, I don't know. And is that fair? Yeah, because like Brennan, again, from what we've seen, seems like a fairly even killed person, mm-hmm. probably doesn't yell ever. Mm-hmm. Like, is it his job to tame her short fuse? Fun fact. Emily brought handcuffs, but not the key. So it will make for an interesting situation. I think when we first saw the previews for this Denver season, or even honestly just finding out that it was going to be in Denver, I don't know what people's opinions were, if it was mixed feelings, if they thought this season was going to be boring or whatever it may be. But so far, I like the cast of characters. I do. I do. There's no one I dislike. I think they're unique. I think they all bring a different perspective. I mean, we have Orion with his cultural background, uh, Lauren's kind of perspective, and Becca's kind of out there and just like down for whatever. And then we have people that are more soft-spoken, like Austin. Yeah, I mean, people all over the place. And then we have Emily bringing handcuffs. I mean, I think (laughs) this is going to be a much more interesting season than what the community expected when you found out that it was going to be in Denver. I fully agree because I will fully admit I was one of those people. So I actually really like everyone. Super excited to see what happens with Michael because we still see sit downs with them. Like there's been previews of it. So I'm curious. I mean, you know, one of the previews, Dr. Parker mentions there's rumblings about a second chance. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if that's going to be, I mean, are we talking about going through the entire marriage process or are we essentially seeing Michael date someone? Just drop him off at the honeymoon and let him wild out. <laughs> yeah, I wish the best for Michael. He got, I mean, he got the short end of the stick and I hope it works out for him in the end. It would be an interesting mass first to see a second chance marriage. Yeah, first one. Wouldn't that be wild if that's the one that works out like long term? Of anyone, right? Wow. Do you want me to go over the preview? I have very short snippet notes. Let's do it. There is at some point going to be a boat party. I assume this is in Florida. Like everything's always like in Florida off the coast of Florida. I think we guessed it was around Florida. Yeah, it always is. I feel like we see Lauren and Orion kissing. So we start off good with them. And then we quickly go downhill when he says he is not comfortable that Lauren slept with someone else. This is where my assumption of bad editing comes in. I'm assuming that was just something in her past and she was being very upfront with it. I would agree. We see Cameron and Claire arguing, which I'm very, it piqued my interest because they made that wedding like so dramatic sounding and it was just like a normal, nice wedding. We then got to Lauren crying which I'm so sad to see. And then I didn't understand. Are Emily and Claire fighting? Are they just crying together about their marriages? Is there going to be a girl group tiff? 
something interesting going on with Emily and Claire. We see Emily leave Brennan at dinner, storms off. Orion says that he's heartbroken. Claire is crying and saying that she feels guilty. Emily gets into what looks like a four-wheeler accident and she's incredibly bloody and being helped out by emergency services. And I, that's not what I want on my math. So I'm very concerned for her. We see a different scene of Lauren crying and saying she has done what she has and that she feels guilty. And then we see Dr. Pepper sitting down with Michael and speaking about a second chance. And just like that, they pull me right back in. <laughs> Always. It's my initial thought was this is too many tears and too much blood for one season. So we'll see. Why was there no positive moments in that? We preview? had like two. We had the boat party, a little bit of kissing, some nice Becca and Austin time. And then we were like into tears. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Now, next episode, do you imagine all we're going to get is did you poke breakfast with the family and we're barely leaving to the honeymoon. Absolutely. That's it. I just want it to go a little (laughs) faster. I'm going to be watching these couples like a hawk. Do you remember when Gina said that she noticed Mac at the airport and that's like who she thought was cute out of like everyone. So on the first meet and greet between the couples, we're going to have to be. I'm pausing. I'm rewinding. I'm going. Analyzing where eyes are going or shifting. Who's standing (laughs) where. Gotcha. Who's being a little too chatty. Oh, this is fun. Maybe just one couple. If you were to match someone else with someone, who would you choose? That's so hard. I would. (laughs) This is so dumb because they look alike. (laughs) I was going to say Lauren and Michael, but I thought Michael and Orion were the same person for like a whole episode. (laughs) You're terrible. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. Okay. That seems like a lame answer. So hold on. Let me think about it a little bit more. Well, definitely not Becca and Austin. Like, they're definitely supposed to be together. I can't, I can't take them apart from each oh, other. I was actually thinking that Michael and Becca could probably vibe together. Oh, I think they would vibe well. Yes. Or is he too quirky for her? Like, does she want someone equally or more quirky, or does she want to be the quirky one? Mm, that's true. The only other one I, I like could, that we're trying to put Michael know, with like anyone. The only other one I could think of is probably Claire and Brennan. Yeah, Claire and Brennan. I could see Claire and Brennan. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't put Lauren with anyone else except, you know, Orion too. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't think Emily, because she's more of a partier, life of the party, really out there. Yeah, I think Cameron and Austin would be very boring to Emily. Exactly. Cameron with no one else. Yeah, I think of who's there, they're matched pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. All right, anything else this episode? No, no, thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. This is a long one, but I mean, this is the meat of the whole married experience as far as the initial experience with all these couples looking forward to the next episode. Although it's not my favorite because honestly we don't get much. I barely known this person. I'm sitting down having a brunch and all you care about is if we poked or not. Like that's all (laughs) we're getting out of these conversations. Not that big of a deal. We're all waiting for the honeymoon. Let's go. I really appreciated the one and a half hour episode so much. Oh, thank you. Dedicating two hours of my evening to Thank this you. show is too much. 
Well, it hurts even more when you do lose a couple and the show is somehow still two hours. It's like, guys, come on, you're just filling the void. Stop. Well, then that makes me less excited for this couple to be joining. Do they bump it back up to two hours? Because I won't. I don't know. I will admit you do get good gems out of that after party show. You really do. We tend to just have it on while we're like, okay, we got to get up and do something else. But it's always on. So we hear it. And I'm like, that's good info. It does lead you to know the person a little bit more. Sometimes we don't tune into it, but what you can notice, which is very clear if you watch last season, you can kind of feel who's in a relationship still by the way they talk about their partner or their experience. The energies, man. You can easily pick it up. The language used. You're totally right. If I'm being honest, the, you only, have one? the only one that gave me anything... Austin's vibe and voice did not sound like someone that was happily married. Stop. Really? Oh, you're right. No, I remember now. You commented I was on like, that. That is not the look of someone who is in this amazing, incredible marriage that is so happy. He does not sound like the Austin we know right now. You mentioned how like low energy and monotone he was. Like, and he was not happy to talk about anything. Just saying, just putting it out there. After party show, tune in. Thank you all for listening. I hope you had a good weekend. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Talk to you all later. See you then.